Everybody to this episode of the Women in Technology Spotlight. Today I have with me Michelle Cosens. She is the youngest VCP for data center virtualization that I know of. And I would like to say welcome, Michelle. Yeah, thank you for having me here. Thank you for coming on my podcast. Please tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm I'm Michelle, uh, 19 years old. Um, I got my VCP uh, a few months back. I also am unoff unofficially uh, the youngest fee expert. I got that when I was 18 and I'm in it for the second year now. Uh, they generally don't ask for, for your age, but just out of general people who are in the program, they are like usually twice my age. So, uh, so yeah, there's... <coughs> There's that too. So the youngest person on two different counts. <laughs> what is the second count? Uh, one is the VCP and the other one is the youngest uh, in the VXPR program. Because that's oh, a okay. separate thing. That's quite an achievement. Um, so when did you get interested in data center virtualization? Or how? Well, we're gonna have to go back a little bit. Mm -hmm. When I was, uh, let's see, I am I am nineteen now. I turned twenty in March. Mm -hmm. uh, I so it all started when I first became interested in computers when I was like six. Mm -hmm. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah. So the reason for that is um, in my house. I live here with my parents and then also with my great aunt and great uncle. Mm -hmm. They We have more or less like the house on the outside is one big house, but within the house, we have split it in two. So it's technically two households mm -hmm. in one house, but we're all family. So back when I was six, um, we did not. We did not. Ha uh, we have. We haven't split everything yet, so I could just walk into the living room, mm -hmm. and my uh, 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 great uncle had a uh, like a computer repair shop. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. So he he had that, and then at some point, my dad actually joined him. So they, my dad was there too. And because I, I I like I like to visit my great uncle. Uh, I I saw all these computers and I thought I I really thought that was interesting. So mm -hmm. that's how that's how I got into the interest of uh, computers. And then when I was like thirteen or fourteen, I was like, okay, computers are nice. I want something bigger. Let's get into servers. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So what did you like about computers? Um, what did you, because you say your great, great uh, uncle had uh, a computer repair shop, but what yeah, did no, my, my great uncle, the oh, brother, great. the brother of my grandpa. Oh, okay. Your great uncle. Yeah. Okay. I think uh, that's the English word for it. Yeah, I think that's correct. Yeah, you're right. So he had a computer care, uh, repair shop, but what potential did you see in computers that made you want to um, as a six-year-old uh, start working with computers? What did you see there? 
Well, at, at first, when I was like for it, was purely just like blinking lights, you know, mm-hmm. which I still have with like network switches that blink, like it's always a nice view. Mm-hmm. But it um, it was just seeing him, him work on these computers. And, you know, I was like six, so I did not know much about PCs at the time. Because mm-hmm. people around my age that were six were definitely not looking at computers at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I just thought it was really interesting. Like you have all, all of these components, you have a, a computer that can do all kinds of things. Like mm-hmm. technically, technically the components in the PC and what you know of the PC is the limit. And of well, you know, of course, like software, but it, I, I, I don't know. It just kind of like clicked with me, like watching him work on it. And now at some point I was like, hey, I want to do that too. Mm-hmm. So, so time- I, I started I started helping, like I asked him like, hey, can I help you sometimes? And then it eventually evolved into mm-hmm. me helping him a lot more. But now, now he, he he retired a few years back. Mm-hmm. He uh, he had enough of it after many many years. Mm-hmm. So tell me, because you're obviously right, not a lot of uh, children at age six start or uh, are interested in computers. So what? How how was the rest of your life? So you obviously at home you had your uh, great uncle who was in working with computers and he let you help. But what school did you go to? What what was your education like? Did you go to a technical school or did you just uh, go to a normal school? What was it like? Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, that that's a really interesting and kind of sad story. But I I just went to a regular elementary school, like just like every every normal person would go to Mm -hmm. so back back in elementary school it was already a thing because at my age i already knew more than about pc sometimes than their local system admin world Mm -hmm. so just imagine being like 11 12 years old and then you're, you're you're in class and then suddenly a teacher takes you out of the class like hey can you help me something with my pc so that was a that that happened a few times so that was really really interesting mm-hmm. so i um i eventually gra- well graduated that because you can't really fail it more, more or less mm-hmm. then i went to high school did a um four four years there and with a lot of changes had to be made uh, at at the high school, like a lot of changes so I could go to the high school uh, comfortably. That has to do with what not many people know is um, I have autism, which is on itself a bit annoying, but not really an issue. The biggest issue is that I have another condition uh, that uh, Usually, people I've never heard of is called hyperacusis, which not heard of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so with autism, usually you like things like sound and um, you know all senses. Mm-hmm. They um, are more intense for you, at least with the autism that I have. Mm-hmm. But then the hyperacusis is uh, more being extra sensitive to sound on top of what mm-hmm. the autism brings. Mm-hmm. So, and I, uh, 
like years, years ago, I went to a special hospital that they actually did some tests to like measure how it's like my brain handles the sound, so to say. Mm -hmm. And then they, and then after like a whole afternoon of testing, they said like, Michelle, you have this condition, hyperacusis, and we measured that you hear everything about eight to 10 times louder than the normal person. Oh so that's anything from, from um, that, yeah, that's literally like everything and what the human can hear. Mm -hmm. So how did you cope with that? Because schools tend to be loud. How did they adapt to your needs there? Um, with with a little bit of bouncing around, because the school was probably a bit more careful than they should have been, because the, the government actually approved everything. So mm -hmm. they were probably scared of like them getting in trouble, but they, the government approved it. So it wasn't really an issue, but Mm -hmm. it uh it so i was in it's hard with me being in class only if i had to be mm -hmm. so because usually uh my class was really really bad and really really loud mm -hmm. to this day i still talk with some of the teachers and to this day we were still the worst class that they've ever had for like three four years after we graduated so mm -hmm. So I, I was in, I had, I had a lot of bad luck with them, I with that class. So we, we started with, um, we started with only being in class when I had to be, because I generally always understood what uh, the class was about, like, like judge, English, mm -hmm. physics, yada, yada. So only being in there if I either A, wanted an explanation or B, with a, like a test. Mm -hmm. So that was the first thing. And then if eventually, because the closer you get to the final exam, the more in class you have to be mm -hmm. to, um, to prepare for the final exam. <coughs> um, eventually over the course of years, because it was, I was there for four years because the length of the, uh, um, yeah, like the education I did is like four years. Mm -hmm. uh, we eventually add, added things like having maximum times on a day that I would be at school. So <clears throat> I would, uh, let's say that on Wednesday, I had a hard limit of when I would be at school. So at like um, a quarter past two, I will be good to just leave. Mm -hmm. And if I, had like one class or classes until five or like even a test that will not matter i could just go and take the test another day mm -hmm. but that sounds incredibly difficult so um yeah i i i graduated uh with my scores were just enough to pass it was really 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 close Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that that has nothing to do with your capabilities, just with the situation, right? I mean, because you're obviously very intelligent, and it's uh, just people say I'm I am intelligent, so I take their word for it. Yeah, <laughs> what would you say? I don't know. I'm not really. I'm not really. That's that's a personal issue I have. Is that I'm not really that positive about myself usually. Mm -hmm. 
I, I mean, you have had it very difficult. Um, and I feel like um, shortly after you graduated, obviously the pandemic started with um, everybody. Well, I graduated in 2018, so. Oh, okay. I, oh yeah, you're nearly 20. Sorry, I mis miscalculated, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. so I went, so after I graduated there, I tried to go to a college mm -hmm. system and network admin, because that's probably what fits me best. Mm -hmm. And I was really interested in that. So I, I went to the school for like two days. Mm -hmm. And then I just stopped going because it, mm -hmm. it just didn't want to work. Like everyone in the school wanted to do all the changes needed except for my mentor. My mentor was like, no. Mm -hmm. So eventually some, um, some lady from the local like city government kind of thing i'm not sure what it's called in english but uh they um reached out to me because their job is like if you don't go to school for a very long time because it was like two weeks at that point um then they contact you to see like hey are you doing like illegal stuff because you're not supposed to mm -hmm. not go to school because there are certain things that you have to have before you can no longer go to school. Mm -hmm. So they, she contacted me and I explained the whole situation and then she contacted the school and then specifically my mentor, I was like, Hey, you need to do those changes for her because we approved it. So you have to do those. Mm -hmm. But I, apparently my mentor didn't care because I went to school for like three more days and then it just. Such I, I just, I just went to, to the lady, I called her like, hey, this isn't working out. Mm -hmm. And then the, she and me worked together like, okay, so this call isn't an issue because your mentor is just a blank. <laughs> um, the alternative school is a 30 minute drive away. Mm -hmm. So what do you want to do? Do you want to try to go to that school or do you just want to drop out and then have like approval that I am exempted from going to school at in, in my position? So with the, because what a lot of people don't realize is with the whole sound thing, there's more than just school. There's mm -hmm. like public transport, being in a car on the highway, even the wind on a windy day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Those are all like issues. And what most people believe is they say like, yeah, but put, put on headphones. And then the, the, the practical answer to that is no, that doesn't help. Because mm -hmm. if I wear headphones for too long, it'll get worse. Mm -hmm. And when I take the headphones off, it doesn't get any better. Yeah. So the way that I explain it to people is like, let's say that your brain wants to have have you hear things on a certain volume, which is 10 times louder than usual? It's like a volume knob that only goes one way. So once the brain turns it up, it cannot go back. So it's like a one-way knob. So mm -hmm. if I wore like headphones or anything like noise canceling for too long, then my brain turns the knob higher and then it cannot go lower. Mm -hmm. So it will be there for the rest of my life. And since I will probably be alive for a fairly long time. I really don't want to yeah. make it any worse. That's obviously not an option, but what uh, I would like to ask is, I mean, you have it really difficult. So you're obviously in neurodivergent, I think is the word in English. And um, 
and that's not the only is it is that the correct term or i i think so yeah okay. and then also you are transitioning to become a woman so you have this very unique situation where you are um in your divergent transitioning woman in tech how difficult is this i mean in terms of education it's a really big pain mm -hmm. so just to sum it up i ended up dropping out mm -hmm. and right now i'm just at home all day in, in my home lab learning myself everything i want to know mm -hmm which is also how I got the VCP because mm -hmm. that was all like learning myself things. Mm -hmm. And there's actually a funny thing about that because by the time I took my VCP, I already knew everything I had to know. So like when I scheduled my VCP exam, I did not do any extra learning. <laughs> the, the knowledge I had when I went into my VCP exam was all the knowledge I gathered over the past few years of having a VMware-based home lab. Mm -hmm. So that's something that most people have trouble believing, but I didn't actually do any extra learning for the for that for that exam for that certification. That was all things I had learned in my home lab because that's how I learn myself things. Because I yeah I can't go to school because. Mm -hmm. So that brings me to an interesting uh, observation. So obviously this. Um possibility to do remote learning that we have nowadays in tech is um, very good for you, no? because you have the chance to actually self-educate to a certain point, right? Yeah, I, I cannot say, I cannot like, tell people like, I have all the knowledge, I just don't have the paper that says I have the knowledge. No, like, you have um, the paper, you like have the PCP. Yeah, but before before I had that. No, no, I mean now. Like, I, I, I didn't have, yeah. I well, I mean, I have the VCP, but I still don't have like a college degree or anything. True, but, but uh, the the, the, of, the, the good thing, the good thing about in this day and age is that employers are less looking at what you have on paper and more like what you have in your mind. Exactly, exactly. That's what what I was getting to because obviously you now have the chance to you know get your certifications and then you can prove even though you did not go to school that you have the knowledge. And um, I personally also think that with this whole situation of remote working, a lot of people working from home, that would also benefit you, right? Because you, then you wouldn't have to commute to an office and, and sit in an office that maybe is too loud again, right? Yeah, I already had a talk with the government. I actually have a disability benefit in, in the sense of like, you can't work. Okay. Uh, I, got the, I got that like, half a year before COVID happened. So oh, okay. So is this something No, I think no, it was actually it was actually I think like a month before the first COVID of it was in March 2020. So it was right around when the first yeah, outbreak yeah. here happened. Exactly. Yeah. So but talking about your aspirations and dreams, I mean obviously it's good that you have the disability benefit so you are secure, but what is it you would like to achieve? Yeah, well, the benefit is 75% of the minimum wage, so it doesn't have much left over. Mm -hmm. uh, but so what I do right now is next to um, learning myself things like VMware and like Active Directory and like that stuff that you'd see in an enterprise environment. Mm -hmm. What I also do is I have been uh, contributing to uh, uh, Mozilla, which you may know from Mozilla Firefox. Mm -hmm. 
So I have been con contributing to them because like Firefox is open source. So I uh, started con con contributing to Firefox in like September of last year. So September mm -hmm. 2020. And it has gotten so that that's contributing and has gotten so um, big now that they're actually trying to see if they can hire me uh, to that's work so cool. there. Because wow. mm -hmm. I, I have been contributing a lot in the cloud um, automated testing workers mm -hmm. like that stuff without getting saying too many terms that some people may not know. So that's just like the the average explanation of what I do. Okay. It's I, it's more or less I do the same as an employee except I don't get paid. Yeah. Which they're but, trying um, which they're trying to fix for me. Yeah, that but that option um is what I meant. So you can now find a job where you work remotely and you don't have to interact with very loud people all day. So I think this I world mean, of tech um is especially suitable for for someone like you. I mean, they can be loud, but I have, I have a volume knob that I can just turn down. Like in real <laughs> life, you don't have that. That's true. <laughs> Very true. So that sounds like a really good option and congratulations, because I think that would really be a great opportunity. And yeah, it's, it's uh, one of the managers told me like, I cannot promise you anything, but I will, I will work on it. So it's kind of a, a they are working on it but they did not make any promises because you know they have like whole budgets and all the kind of things yeah so tell me a little bit more about i mean this is the part where we talked about work but tell me a little bit more about your private situation how does your family cope with the fact that you cannot go out and you cannot really participate it's obviously not easy um for you to to interact with them as well no it's it's difficult i don't go outside much mm -hmm. which it's not healthy but it's not like i have an alternative choice mm -hmm. um i so yeah my, my family they they generally when i am around them like whenever i visit them for like a birthday and i only see them like to most of them i only see like most of them that are somewhat nearby me, I only see on birthdays and usually not outside of that, which has changed recently because of some other situation. But when I am around them, they, they know that they should be calm, like not like yell their lungs out when they are very excited because they know that I'll sit there like this, like <laughs> easy, easy there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I when I am around them uh, at like a, a, a birthday, which I usually go to at the calmest point of the birthday, because if they have like a whole bunch of people coming, then I will go a different day mm -hmm. with my parents because they drive me because I also can't drive. I don't have a license because of the whole sound thing. Yeah. And then people say like, you know, electric cars are there. And I said, yeah, if you buy me an electric car, I will get a license because those things are ridiculously expensive. Yes, they are. Talking of expensive things, I just remembered something because that was something else we talked about uh, previously was um, you're building a new home lab to um, increase your knowledge, I think, and, and upgrade what you have. So yeah, you increase, increase the capacity so I can run more bigger things like uh, VMware Cloud Foundation, which is a pretty big, pretty big How thing. Are you funding this? Um, I think you have a GoFundMe, right? Yeah, I have a GoFundMe that I'm trying to get known because it's a 
pretty significant amount still. And if my disability payer doesn't go that extraordinarily fast, it's, um, it's, I can imagine because servers, even though they have become cheaper and not cheap. Um, so I will post the link to the GoFundMe below the video and we'll try to, to raise a little bit of awareness so you can get um, some more money. For yeah, that, yeah, thank you. That, that, that will be really nice because it's, it's, um, because with, so, you know, you'll have the 75% of the already mm -hmm. kind of set min, min, minimum wage, which is below minimum wage, and you have like insurances you have to pay from that. Mm -hmm. And then, because my servers are not at home, because of the noise thing, they are in the data center, which they also have to pay. So mm -hmm. there's usually not a lot of leftover in the end of the month. Yeah, so. I can imagine. Well, let's see if we can get this funded. Um, that would be I, I, I hope so. That, that would be really nice because it, it will be a not only a something newer that doesn't crash like once a week, but also so it will both be more stable and it will provide more capacity and it will be cheaper because they are uh, half the height of the servers I have right now. So. Okay, this is great. So before we end our um, talk, because we're already closing on the 30 minutes, Tell me a little bit, um, or maybe there's something you would like to say to people who are in a similar situation because you have this very special situation that's very difficult. What is some some life learnings that you would like to uh, give to other people who are like you? Well, if if someone was in like the exact same situation as me, what I have learned is that you really need to stand up for yourself because people mm -hmm. people assume things that generally aren't correct in my sense mm -hmm. so you really need to like stay positive because things will get better which is easier said than done i know i know i've been there i've been there um but you really need to like stand up for yourself like be I'm not sure how to say it nicely, but be, you know, stand up for yourself. If you, if, if they think things that you think aren't right in your own situation, because you know better about yourself than they do about you, then stand up for yourself and tell them like, Hey, that's not right. Mm -hmm. And it has, it has made for some interesting situations at high school before, but they just really thought I was just being a prick, but mm -hmm. That wasn't right. I was just standing up for myself. And then eventually they said, like, hey, sorry. Yeah, I mean, it was like the first time for them too. But what I would like to give to someone in in um in in a similar situation as me is like stand up for yourself. If you think something doesn't go right, then check, check, check up on it. Because it's better to check in regularly and see that things go right than to have everything be sorted out in the wrong way, because then you can usually start all over again. Yeah. And one as as bad as it sounds, and people may hate me for saying this, but the positive thing about the whole pandemic is that work, working from home is becoming more of a norm now, and more companies are, are embracing, embracing the work from home even after the pandemic, which still isn't done yet. But there, I have heard uh, friends of mine who work at companies, and their companies are saying like, hey, you can stay, you can remain doing work from home if you want, because it's, it's better. So I think that's a bit of a, you know, positive. 
Yeah, I agree. Thing uh, for for especially for people like me who cannot go to the office because like a how am I gonna get there and b mm-hmm. you know you have like noise and uh, all that stuff and because yeah. for me like I have uh, autism as well but I have had help with that for many many years so because if we were speaking mm-hmm. like <clears throat> if we were speaking to each other like when I was like twelve then I will just sit here like. Not not say a word for for, for thirty minutes, and I w- and I also did not really stand up for myself if things that if things weren't going the right way, and that's something I have learned to like speak because you know you have vocal cords, but <clears throat> in my sense have a different issue that my voice is a bit too low, but that's a, that's a whole different that's a whole transitioning stuff that's just like the. That transitioning stuff came around when I had my final exam. So that was really like everything just happens at once. Like the the noise thing I was born with. So that has always been there. We just only found out like 14 years after I was born that I had it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, just to sum it up, because I know we're reaching the end is what I will give to people like me is have faith, stand up for yourself, you know, speak out, let people know that you're there if things don't go right. Mm-hmm. And if you need adjustments made, like fight for it, because trust me. In my case, I had to fight a lot for it, but it was, it really was worth it. it that's really such a was. good, uh, that's such a good advice to give. And I also like the fact that you said things will get better. And I mean, I think we must always keep in mind when we're in a situation that is not going well, that we can fight and we can stand up and things will get better. Yeah, I I mean, people will will think it won't and I'll tell them like, I know, I know I've been there. I've been I've been in a deep hole in my life. Mm -hmm. But if you if you really fight for it then things will improve generally. Yeah. Mm And English is still difficult sometimes. <laughs> well, you did a great job. So uh, thank you, Michelle. Um, this was great. Thank you for coming on the podcast um, and taking the time to talk to me. Yeah, thank you for having me. It was nice to be here. <laughs> <laughs>